Cead Mille Falta to Danny Houlihan's Irish Experience. In this episode, I will journey back to a period in my local area to highlight a special female who left her mark on her community that will be there for centuries to come. This sets a beginning for my future episodes when I will travel out and around the historical landscape of Ireland and meet our people. In many towns and villages around Ireland, there are many buildings built or initiated by local landlords which survive to this day a part of their legacy. However, in Ballybunion, there were no such buildings due to the fact that the landlords were absentees and left the place without a mark, but took as much as they could and left the area with nothing. One woman who stands out as a shining light for all to look up to, even in our modern times, was a local woman by the name of Mary O'Malley Young, who was born in Kilconley, north of Ballybunion. Mary O'Malley's life spanned a period of Irish history which saw rising evictions by local greedy landlords such as Blacker, whose land they rented and farmed on the ridge of Faha and Kilconley. Another period the young Mary O'Malley would have witnessed was the Great Irish Holocaust or Famine, when the area of Faha and Kilconley was stripped of its youth and elderly, the figures of which we can only speculate were in the thousands. The arrival of the bailiffs on the grassy hillsides to evict the people and level the old thatched houses was a common sight, and the failure of the potato crop was the downfall of many, coupled with the fear of Beale being banned and moved by the Earl of Listole here to Listole. A period of economic hardship was now felt by all in the area, which saw the sailing ships that once anchored in the bay offloading their goods to the large wooden jetty that was in Beale at that time. This trade was now gone. Local produces such as wooden garments, exportation of sheep, horses and goods, now at an end. Also, the importation of needed goods and foods to the area, now at an end. Immigration from this horrific period was the only way out for the young Mary O'Malley. Her people, proud Irish speakers, whose ancestors were Rockty Connors, loyal to the old clan chieftain of Carrigafoyle. Now, by the thousands, they were dying and evictions were on the rise, with the threat of more hardship and death to follow. The area where the young Mary grew up in can only be described as a scenic, beautiful coastal landscape with the views of County Clare and Kerry Head in the distance, with the backdrop of the famous Bermore Cliffs in the distance from her home. A meandering stream ran close to the old, long, whitewashed thatched house, with a few hens and cows peacefully grazing on the grassy hillside below. A peaceful childhood was now developing, as I stated, into a total nightmare, with the hundreds of mud-walled houses being levelled by the onslaught of the greedy landlords. Where once Mary played childhood games of hide-and-seek was now coming rapidly to a horrible end on the high grassy slopes overlooking the picturesque Shannon Estuary. Whether Mary O'Malley's father and mother had relations in County Clare is not known at present. Long ago, people from Kilconley and Beale travelled by boat to Clare for provisions and vice versa. It was during this period that Mary O'Malley went to County Clare and it has been stated commenced working in Crotty's Bar Kilrush, County Clare. What her role was we don't know but many have speculated she worked in the bar. 
In Crotty's, she met her future husband, John Young, a rich tea plantation owner from India, who was recently widowed after losing his first wife and daughter Margaret, both of which were interred at Glasnevin Cemetery in County Dublin. All that we know about John Young is that he was a very nice gentleman who owned a tea plantation in India and was born on the 19th of December 1784, according to sources. John was, according to local sources, staying at a local estate in Kilrush at that time, possibly the Vandalour estate. After a brief romance, Mary married John, and they moved to a home in London, provided by John Young. During the latter part of the 1800s, circa 1860s, John Young died. His ashes were interred in Glasnevin Cemetery in Dublin with his first wife and daughter Margaret. Local sources have stated that during the building of the Daniel O'Connell Monument in Dublin, the builders accidentally encroached on the grave of John Young and that of his family. Mary, not happy with this, in turn exhumed the ashes of her husband John, his first wife and daughter, and brought them to Les Lockton in Ballylongford first, where they were interred within the confines of the friary of Les Lockton, Ballylongford, North Kerry. Later, she had an ornate cut stone tomb commissioned and erected in the local cemetery in Kilahenna, Ballybunion, where their ashes finally were laid. It was during this period that the then parish priest, a famous man for tenant rights and the Irish National Land League, Father Mortimer O'Connor, met Mary Young. Was it in connection with the O'Connell grave? We don't know. But it was at this meeting that the Ballybunion parish priest persuaded Mary to return to Ballybunion, not far away from where she was born in Kilconley. Mary Young then returned to her native Ballybunion and had a building in Doon Road erected for her residence in 1868, which she used for over 12 years. It has been said locally that she was a very kind woman and gave hospitality to many an orphan child in the area, a testament to a great woman which we should never forget. Mary later decided to return to Dublin in 1882. For what reason we don't know, possibly due to records being lost. I'll keep researching on this. In Dublin, Mary requested that her former home in Ballybunnen be used as a school, which in turn it was. She wanted an order of nuns to be put in place to run the school. However, the great crusading Irish parish priest, Father Mortimer O'Connor, insisted that the Mercy Order take charge, which they did in August 6th, 1883, resulting in the establishment of a convent of mercy on the site. Many years later, it has been stated that Mary Young approached Bishop Higgins and the parish priest Father Mortimer O'Connor about the building of a church which she wanted to be built on her site at Doon, near her former home, which was at that stage a school now operated by the Sisters of Mercy, who had also a convent on site. A dispute arose with the parish priest, who wanted the church to be built on another site, which it later was. Mary's stipulations were, no one would know that she was the sole benefactor of the church, also only her money would be used in its construction. It should be also noted that she gave instructions to the builders that mud from her former home in Kilconley would be placed into the foundations of the church, which it was. This was related to me over 25 years ago by another local historian. 
other stipulations which had been speculated, such as the church was to be called St. John's first after the saint, but also because of her husband's name, John. During the course of my research, I visited the site of Mary O'Malley Young's home in Kilconley, which was located overlooking a gentle stream, which meandered its way to the high cliffs overlooking a scenic waterfall. On that day, during the 1990s, the late Matty Leahy, historian of Bermore, pointed out the outline of the house to me. What was left was the long front and the width of the old thatched house. A low mud wall was left, about a foot and a half in height, covered in grass. I did notice that at one part of the low mud wall, a section of mud was removed. Was this the section of mud wall dug out and placed in the foundations of the church? It's now lost in time. When I visited the area, one could get a sense of where Mary O'Malley Young was born, and weird. The sights she would have seen, the high cliffs of Bermore in the distance, the sounds of the waterfall below her home, the nesting birds and gulls crying over the high lofty cliffs. In 1883, Mary O'Malley Young was in bad health in Dublin. After a visit from her legal adviser, who advised Mary to return to Ballybunnen and to spend her last days there at rest. A house was constructed at Church Road, Ballybunnen, which was finished in 1893. It was within this time frame Mary O'Malley Young contacted the bishop in Killarney to inform him that her money was now exhausted and that she could no longer pay for the building of St. John's Church. The church was completed and dedicated on the 6th of August 1897 to St. John. The cost, according to local sources, was exceeding £18,000. The Mass was celebrated by the then old parish priest Father Martin O'Connor and Bishop Coffey. St. John's was by no means finished at that stage, which took several years and collections to finally finish the fine church, with altars and seats. This was done by other benefactors. I will cover the church and its architecture in another episode. Sadly, Mary O'Malley Young passed away on the 19th of August, 1894. Not seeing her new home finished, or the church, and was interred within the tomb she had built for her late husband John Young and his daughter Margaret. In St. John's Church, Ballybunnen, there is a window dedicated to the late memory of Mary O'Malley Young. Outside the door of the church, there is a bronze monument of Mary, a fitting tribute to a local woman. It should be remembered that Mary laid the foundations for education in our community and her act of kindness towards the orphan children of the area has made Mary an iconic female in our eyes to this day. In modern times, we owe a debt of gratitude to Mary O'Malley Young. It should be noted, like all other podcasts, if more information is obtained, I will update the show in a future episode. Thus my work is ongoing. Through its people, its heritage and its benefactor, Mary O'Malley Young, this is truly Danny Houlihan's Irish experience. Bye for now.